It's Monday, January 26th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser, and from Fool.com, Mark Reith. Happy Monday, gents. Me Welcome back, Monday. man. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling better than I probably sound right now. Mm-hmm. And I, the way I sound right now is a hell of a lot better than the way I sounded last Wednesday when I could not talk at all. Nice. Literally. Woke up and just the voice was gone. So, mm-hmm. what do you do in that case when, I mean, you know, you've three kids. Yeah. You got stuff going on around your house all day and all night. Is it just basically like Mrs. Hill take care of this? Uh, Deal with this? Pre- pretty much. Yeah. Fortunately, the kids are old enough that they get like, hey, look. You can just give them a look and they're like, you just oh, give them a look right, and, right. you know, a little bit of modified sign language and right. uh, and dad's going to be up reading. Dad's going to be up in bed reading. Perfect. Um, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, it's raining outside here. Mm-hmm. Thank um, So to any listeners in the Philadelphia New York City, They're Boston. Trapped. They can't not listen. New England area. Good luck. I was uh, just talking to Alex. Uh, talking to Alex Share on Slack. You know, he lives up in Philly, and they. Uh, he said. He said he he just pulled in the email that school was early dismissal today. They were they were kicking everybody out, and getting them home. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for all our talk about weather, this this storm looks legit. So yeah. good luck to everyone up north. Um, Let's start with Mattel because we, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to housing, we'll get to Apple, we'll dip into the mailbag. But let's start with Mattel, and I will point out, uh, Mark, that Mattel, the toy maker, was scheduled to announce their fourth quarter earnings on Friday, mm-hmm. and then surprise, they announced this morning. And by the way, it's never good. No, it's never good when we're announcing earnings early, and in this case, four days early. The quarter itself was not great, and all it came with the news that Chairman CEO Brian Stockton is resigning effective immediately. Let's get to the results themselves. Mm-hmm. You looked into this. Not a good quarter. Not a good quarter at all. You're right. When you're pre-announcing earnings, it's not to, not to tell everyone good news. Uh, earnings per share, analysts expected $0.91 cents a share. They pre-announced $0.51 cents a share, uh, as well as a 6% decline in sales. That is the fifth straight quarter of declining sales at Mattel. And on top of all of that, just the cherry on top of everything, CEO Brian Stockton, he's been there for three years. He's been at Mattel since 2000. He is out of there, effective immediately. They've got a guy on the board uh, as their interim. They're going to start looking for somebody new today. And honestly, it kind of seems like they need to start looking for someone new today. I don't think, Jason, anyone in this room, looked at Mattel over the last, let's just say, year, Mm. and looked at it as, well, this is a business that's really doing all that well. By the same token, I also didn't look at Mattel as a business that was, well, on the verge of basically saying to their chairman, CEO, you got to go today. Mm -hmm. Well, it sucks to be a toy maker right now. I mean, (laughs) if you, you know, this is the second pre-announcement here in just the past few days, uh, Leapfrog did the same thing the other day, and and I mean that stock took a thirty percent haircut the following day after really really missing expectations. I mean any big way, uh, Mattel same thing here. I mean it, you know the stock isn't getting hammered uh, quite quite so hard because it, it's certainly a more established uh, company, bigger company, uh, financially healthier company. But this is one of those things that I you know I bet it wasn't all that long ago. Uh, it was just just a few months ago where Mattel. Lost out 
a the deal with Disney mm-hmm. to license and mer- merchandise all that Frozen stuff. And I mean, Frozen's been one of the most unreal phenomena of of uh, you know I, of, of, of recent past. I mean, it's so successful there, and it's going to continue to be successful with with the whatever sequels, whatever spinoffs they do. And, and Hasbro is going to benefit from that uh, to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. And Mattel isn't going to get anything from it really. And I and I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the things that really kind of put. Um, Stockton is the CEO's name, former mm-hmm. CEO. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised Stockton. if they put him on notice there at least. Uh, because, you know, the, the toys today, more than ever before, are living such a short life thanks to, to you know, what technology has done. And you're seeing you know, companies like Apple and Amazon that are figuring that out and catering devices and content towards kids. And, um, and, you know, consequently see companies like Mattel and, and Hasbro to a degree having to figure out how to pivot and change that strategy. And, and they are moving towards more digital strategies, uh, you know, more gaming style strategies, things like that. And, and I think that with Mattel, um, you know, the writing was just on the wall there that they, maybe they didn't have the, the, the leader in place that was really uh, ready to embrace this and take, take the company in a new direction. Mm. So, are, should we be, as investors, looking at toy makers like Hasbro and Mattel, and should the first question on our list be, how effectively are they licensing other material? Because if it, in the case, you know, if the final nail in the coffin for this guy was letting the Frozen franchise slip away to Hasbro, mm-hmm. then I have to believe that the next CEO because, uh, as you mentioned, Mark, Christopher Sinclair, who's been on the board at Mattel since 1996, is the interim Mm -hmm. chairman CEO. The next person in the corner office is probably going to be judged on, okay, what's the next big licensing deal you can be, whether it's Transformers or uh, Avengers, superheroes, Star Wars, whatever. Right. Well, the the licensing brands, I mean, those have always been just so lucrative, because like Jason says, uh, Frozen... You have so many different directions. You got princess costumes for Halloween. You've got dolls. You've got toys galore. Uh, you can't necessarily do that with, say, American Girl dolls, which is which Mattel uh, owns um, and is actually a big, big part of the company. Uh, and last year, actually, the third quarter or two years ago, excuse me, uh, American Girl sales grew twenty percent. This past year, they just stayed flat. And they're supposed to open two new stores this quarter, the quarter they just pre-announced, and sales still slipped pretty badly. So that tells you how not so great American Girl is doing right now. But with a with a, a movie like Frozen, or as you said, Transformers, you just have so many different directions that you can go in, you can branch off into. Um, and like you also said, the the next guy in the hot seat here, he's got to figure or out gal. or gal, excuse or gal. me, or gal. Very fair point. Has uh, <laughs> got to figure out what's the next step for this company. So you look at a company like Activision, which just knocked it out of the park with their Skylanders toy line, which is just literally just little figurines you plug into your video game console. You've got the best of both worlds. You're buying the video game, and the parents are also buying the new toys, the upgrades for the video game. Now Disney's doing it. Now Nintendo's doing it. I saw where Disney claimed that they actually outsold Skylanders this year. And there you go. For their little And you know why? Because of the licenses, because of the brands, because they've got so much name recognition there. Hasbro needs to figure out just a next step, some sort of transition into a more digital 
focus if they're going to stay relevant to Mattel. Uh, Mattel, excuse me, uh, to kids who have you know, every kid's got an iPhone right now. Every kid's got. Uh, you both have daughters. When was the last time you bought them a Barbie doll? So, I, like I was going to say, as a father of girls, I have an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old, and I mean, I, I will say, like they, they, those dolls live very short lives. Mm. And um, my eight-year-old, our eight-year-old, had a. Um, she got, I guess, an American doll, American Girl doll, for her eighth birthday, and and it's almost like it's done. I mean, they're, they're, they've we've not bought any additional accessories. She doesn't seem to be all that interested in it. But man, you know, she'll she'll be on her Kindle Fire all day long, either reading a book or playing games or watching something. And, and I mean, that's that's the thing is like these devices. You can go so many different ways with them. They have wonderful educational content. They have wonderful entertainment capabilities. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this business with Hasbro Mattel, these li- they're toy licensing companies, really. It's all about relationships. And it's just it's forging these relationships with the companies that, pos- that possess all that IP. And, and so, you know, when you, when you saw Hasbro seal the deal with Disney there on the Frozen stuff, I mean, that was huge. And, and you're just going to have to continue to see that kind of stuff. And so, really, they need to get someone in that executive suite who is really good at building relationships. I can tell you from experience, the resale value on the American Girl dolls, pretty solid. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? That's you, good to know. You, you want to go the Craigslist route and mm-hmm. just go ahead. You know, when your daughters are ready, it's like, I'm time, I'm going to move on. It's like, oh, they can get a nice little chunk of change for that. Uh-huh. Well, our, our oldest daughter, I mean, she's after my own heart. When we asked her about an American Girl doll, she's like, nah, it's too expensive. I wouldn't use it very long. <laughs> you know, the, the younger one, she's a little bit more, you know, heads in the clouds. And she just is... She liked it. And she wanted it, so she got it. But I'm telling you, it's just not uh, it's not not pulling the same sway it used to. Hmm. Um, last thing, Mark, on Mattel, and then we'll move on. Um, it, it seems like they need to take their time to fill the corner office here, yeah. because if they've got someone who's been on the board for close to 20 years who's at least holding down the fort, they can afford to take a little bit of time? Oh, yeah, they can look around. And um, for all the shade we're throwing at Mattel and Hasbro and these toy companies, they're still very big, very lucrative companies. The last time I checked, Mattel had something like a billion dollars in the bank ready to go. They've been doing a lot of share buybacks recently with that. But, they, I mean, the, the next guy or gal in the corner office will have some sway. It's Like Jason said, it's a, a business of relationships. Mattel is a heck of a name. Everyone knows the name Mattel or Fisher-Price or American Girl and Barbie and all that. Uh, I think the next person is going to have to get the next Frozen uh, locked down. They're going to have to get uh, the next, I don't know, what's the next Disney thing to come out soon? Who knows? Who knows whatever's on the on the agenda for that? Star Wars, end of the year. Star, Star you know Wars, there it is. the big Cinderella movie coming out in Absolutely, March. Yeah. I know this because we're already... I think we already have it <laughs> planning on it, but they have to be a deal maker. They're going to have some sway. They could, I mean, you could, you could come in and turn things around, but again, not everyone's buying a Barbie these days. All right, let's move on to housing. Uh, Dr. Horton, which is one of the largest home builders here in the U.S., uh, with first quarter results, profit up sixteen percent, which was better than expected. And Jason, it, it seemed like. From what I read, they were pretty optimistic about the forecast for the next few months as well. Yeah, and it sounds like they have good reason. It seems that uh, their their backlog has grown in value and homes. Uh, backlog has increased twenty nine percent value uh, to two point seven billion, and twenty one percent in homes to a little bit more than uh, ninety two hundred, a little bit less than ninety three hundred, I guess. But you know that that's indicative of of demand out there, and and so that's a good thing. And, and the market is forward looking, and and so that's. That's why you see it respond positively to to things like this. You know, I, I see home builders though, and it, it, I never really get all that worked up over them because to me, it's it's a very 
it's a very cyclical type of investment, right? I mean, it's very dependent on those macro factors out there, whether it's whether it's unemployment or whether it's interest rates or whatever. Um, and you know, so you, you love the overall trend in, in population growth, right? I mean, our, our domestic population here will continue to grow. Uh, as the years go go on, and that means that there is going to be a demand for housing in some capacity. However, the flip side of that is you look back to the you know the the home ownership rate, and we had for the longest time. I mean, I think uh, the powers that be here in D.C. that had really been high on creating a nation of homeowners. I, I would argue that's probably a bit of a flawed strategy. I don't think that we have a majority of people uh, in the country that really are fit. To own a home, for for lack of a better word, I think that um, you know many many folks out there would prefer to just rent and not have the responsibility that comes with owning a home. You saw that Present. national home ownership <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you saw that national home ownership rate uh, crack above sixty nine percent back in in two thousand four two thousand five when when things were starting to get a little a little out of hand. Um, and that and that rate has started to revert back down towards the sixty four ish range now, which is what it was back towards like nineteen ninety five. So I think that that makes sense, and I think that with with today's um, you know, today's sort of employment situation where I think that people people are more apt to change a job more quickly. I don't think people are sticking at one one place of employment for, for so terribly long. You know, they want to be able to pick up and move whenever they need to. And, you know, that that sort of, I think, is a headwind in the, the home ownership side of things. Um, so, you know, just home ownership uh, to me, home, home, home builders, they just don't seem that compelling. You know, I mean, I look at uh, a great example is, is Meredith Holmes. It's a company on the Stock Advisor Scorecard. It's been on the scorecard since 2007, and to date, the stock is up just a little bit less than four percent, and and it's getting just you know trounced by the market, losing the market by more than seventy percent. Now, along the way, it's been a very bumpy ride because these are very volatile uh, right. stocks. Um, but but I think it, it just sort of goes towards my greater argument. This is not the kind of a company or a kind of a, a sector where I look at it as sort of a, a buy and hold it for a long period of time. I, I see it more kind of like energy, like oil stocks. You really want to pay attention uh, and be able to kind of sell when it seems like the valuations are getting a little out of hand. In terms of the way that they operate their business, DR Horton, though, reminds me a little bit of, of Wells Fargo in the way that Wells Fargo is a little bit different from the other big banks on Wall Street in terms of the risk that it is willing to take on. DR Horton historically has been a home builder with, um, I, I guess, sort of a, a lower amount of risk that it's it's taking on in its business. Yeah. So to the, I, I think that's I think that's right. I mean, they they play they play it a little bit more conservatively. They keep a a very healthy balance sheet. Don't let their inventory levels get out of hand. And also, you have to love the fact that they cater to, uh, you know, they, they're not catering to the high end home market, right? They're catering to, you know, just just sort of the everyday American homeowner that that is, they're looking to create some affordable housing there, uh, and that's good. And I think consequently, you've seen uh, over over the years, Dr. Horton has performed a little bit better uh, than than some of the other homeowners. And, and uh, you know, looking at the one, three, and five year charts for the stock, it's it's continued to outpace the market by by a modest amount, and, and that's that's obviously a positive. Radio at fool dot com is our email address. Got some listeners weighing in on the discussion you guys had late last week about hot dogs. Was it? Um, <laughs> 
Who mentioned Top Dog in Berkeley? Was that... Uh, um, that might have been uh, Was that Brendan? Yeah, might have been Brendan. 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 Uh, from Brian Keel, who writes, Another vote for Top Dog in Berkeley, California. I recommend the Hot Link with their spicy mustard. From Martin Rauscher in Walnut Creek, California. Top Dog is not just the best hot dog in Berkeley, but the whole San Francisco Bay Area. Wow. Eat at Top Dog and then cross the street for Kingpin Donuts. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want after a hot dog. Good plan. Uh, from Samuel Getachew, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and I'm probably not. Sorry, Samuel. Uh, Samuel in Atlanta who writes, Varsity. Come on, Jason. Yeah, Jason. I slept on that one a little bit. I'm sorry. I, I was going a little bit further back in time to, to days of Varsity's my childhood. Varsity's like a, the big hot dog. Like, Varsity's like, the place, and, and you're right. It's good. I've been Not there. just popular, but phys- it's physically a big place, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can't miss it. You'll, you'll see it right up there off the off the interstate. But um, yeah. uh, And finally, from Jesse Eisenhart. Who writes? Stop looking for any more Nobel Peace uh, for for any more Nobel Prize candidates. It's over. And he included this photo, <laughs> which um, obviously oh, our God. listeners can't see, but it's a, a promotion for something called the Double Down Dog. Now, longtime listeners will recall the Double Down Sandwich, which KFC had, which Classic. was a bacon and cheese sandwich, and the bread. Instead of bread, it was two pieces of fried chicken. So that was the bun. This is a picture of a hot dog, and instead of a bun, it is wrapped in fried chicken. God it's like bless America. Yeah, it's just a chicken. Covered with mustard, and it, it oh, looks all the world like a heart attack waiting to happen. <laughs> so good luck and Godspeed to anyone who actually consumes one of those. Jack in the Box <laughs> is going to start serving those late night. It's going to be yeah. great. Midnight munchies, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we get to our final story, I want to mention uh, Motley Fool Stock Advisor, which is our flagship service um, run by David and Tom Gardner, the co-founders of the Motley Fool. Um, you can check it out. We've got a special offer at marketfoolery.fool.com. That's marketfoolery.fool.com. You can save 75% off Motley Fool Stock Advisor, so check it out. Apple. The fruit company. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're great. uh, Apple reports earnings tomorrow uh, before we get out of here. And and by the way, they report after the market closes. um, And I'm assuming they're going to stick with that schedule because I should also point out, hearkening back to the storm, that United Technologies, the $110 billion aerospace technology company, uh, which is based in Hartford, Connecticut, they were supposed to report earnings tomorrow. Hmm. They're going to report them after market closes today because... They're going to be Who buried knows? under 19 feet of snow. Yeah. So, so, um, uh, but Apple reports tomorrow, and I'm curious. One thing that you're going to be looking for, one thing you're curious about, whether it's a metric, um, an initiative, more information on the iWatch. Mark, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I mean, the the easy answer is the iPhone. It's 50% of Apple sales. Uh, Apple is, you know, classically they kind of lowball their expectations for sales. Uh, so, uh, sales for this quarter are expected to be about 15% growth uh, year over year. Analysts are expecting 30% growth uh, compared to <laughs> compared to Apple, and it's understandable. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Double. Apple is Duh. is yep. giving guidance of 15% growth year over year. Yep. And analysts. By and large, as a consensus, uh-huh. have double that number. Absolutely. Okay. Welcome, welcome to guessing. Welcome with Apple. to sandbagging. Yes, that's it's it's, <laughs> it's a classic Apple move. So I'm interested to see who's right. I think that could just 
be interesting. But also iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus sales, uh, they started uh, selling them at the end of September. So this is the first full quarter where you have iPhone 6 uh, in the mix. Uh, and it could be very interesting to see how they do. Other other stuff, I mean, iPad, it, it's dying, but it's not dead. I'd like to see if the holiday helped out there at all. And like you said, a little bit of iWatch, get some more news on that. I'd be interested. And by the way, good for them for sandbagging. There's, oh, yeah. There is no incentive. <laughs> what, I'm I'm always amazed when companies get way too out in front of guidance. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're the Bill Belichick of, <laughs> of guidance. It's just, who cares what you think? This yeah. is what we're doing. That's a yeah. wonderful life philosophy. Under promise, over deliver. <laughs> over deliver. What are you watching, JMO? Um, so yeah, I mean, the phone obviously is a biggest story. I think uh, the iPhone 6 is a good product. I have one. I'm sure they will uh, announce good results there. I, you know, I'm, I'll be interested to see how iTunes is, is doing. Um, I think People don't quite think about how much money iTunes actually makes, but it brought in $18 billion in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the same quarter, they brought in sales of $4.4 billion. And you know, that represented 19% growth uh, at, at that time. Now, I, I think it's just interesting to see sort of this trend, I guess, towards uh, downloads. Downloads are sort of fading away with with your music streaming services. Mm. So people are, are downloading less and less, you know, they're purchasing less and less songs and just subscribing to streaming services. I'll be interested just to see if there's any kind of a any kind of a slowdown in there. And obviously iTunes is more than just music. Um, but but music is a very big part of it. So I think uh, it's it's worth noting iTunes growth and and uh, you know where they where they see it heading. Speaking of iTunes Subscribe to Market Foolery. <laughs> Why not? If you haven't already. Why not? And if you know you're one of those people who doesn't have an iPhone, you can subscribe on Stitcher or mm-hmm. TuneIn or mm-hmm. any any spoken word platform. But uh, subscribe. That's why he's the best. Mark Reith, Jason Moser, thanks for being here, gents. Thank, Thank you. you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.